0: stayed onside.
1: The late man, Matthews, great move! What a goal! beauty! Austin Matthews!
0: Matthews flipped it up for Marner. Mitch Marner centering, Having into the net, scores! He took last down All right, here we go. Season two, episode three of Not Another Leafs Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Ken Stapon joined by Brendan McCarthy. Brendan, the vaccine has been approved in Canada. Boom.
1: Happy Hump Day, Kenny! Great news to start the day, and certainly going to look promising for for all of us. And man, just fantastic news. I feel like we're we're over the hump.
0: Yeah, I feel like this is massive news for a number of reasons, but most notably for the frontline workers who have been directly affected by this. I have know a lot of people who work in hospitals who have been struggling trying to keep themselves safe so their loved ones safe. So for this to be approved, 95% efficient at keeping the coronavirus under wraps. I think this is huge for the doctors and nurses who have been doing yeoman's work since March.
1: Yes, incredible work. I also have a, a, a cousin who who's born days apart from me who's in med school and he has been grinding away he's telling me he's never obviously i don't think anyone is in the medical field has experienced anything like this so really um good for him I, i think for his career to experience this and he is uh more than excited for this pfizer vaccine to finally get approved from health canada
0: and although this is exciting news let's not bury the lead here this is a hockey podcast and we have a start date
1: Finally, yes. finally,
0: we have a start date. I feel like this is the moment that NHL fans have been waiting for, quite frankly. And January 13th is now the day that we are going to have NHL hockey. This is exciting news for all fans around the NHL.
1: I'm pumped. We get two big breaking news stories in one day. And I know on the last pod, I was leaning more towards a Feb start date. But because honestly, Kenny, day by day with the NHL and NHLPA, that's where it looked like we were headed. And finally, they could put the financial negotiations aside and finally focus on the other big facets like regional play in the US, like game scheduling, protocol, other obstacles, other barriers they got to get through. Because you know what? Financial negotiations, at some point, someone's got to blink and we got to focus on other measures and other protocols here.
0: I think this is a big win. For the players, or at least they're going to feel like it's a big win. It's one of those times that Batman and the owners were trying to flex on the players on a CBA that was just signed over the summer about four months ago and changed the terms of the deal. And the player said, no way we negotiate this. This is the line in the sand. And we're either going to move forward with the CBA that's in place or we're not going to play. And ultimately the owners were the first ones to blink. I think it's this a rare opportunity where the players actually got a one up on the owners and were able to say, no way, take it or leave it. And here we go. We're moving forward with the season now um, without getting too much into the business schematics of it. I feel like this is kind of just kicking the can down the road for the players. Cause I feel like there might be a reckoning to come five or six years down the road where they have to pay for the decision that they're making right now, but at least in the short term, this feels like a moral victory for the players association.
1: I agree with you. And it might come back to bite them a little bit, maybe in in five or six years. But we're also talking about mammoth million dollar contract deals. You know, this isn't like a five figure, six figure job or if your career or life is online, it's still a huge amount of coin, as you know, in terms of A A V. So who cares, really? It's, if that's if that's the only worry in five to six years, you're still going to have like a plethora of cash in the bank. So I don't think there's really a worry there.
0: No, and I don't think that the casual fan really has very much sympathy for the NHL no. owners, to be honest. I mean, these guys are multimillionaires, billionaires at this point, and they've just been making so much money. Like owning a professional franchise is like a license to print money, or at least it has been for the last 50 and 20 years. Now you look at this is a year where obviously their ability to make money has been hindered. But that doesn't mean that's going to be like this forever. It's just kind of one a one-off you expect, and then it's back to your usual programming. And you know, two, three, four years down the road where now the the mill is open again and you got asses in the seats, and you know, you're selling fifteen dollar beers at Scotiabank Arena and the fans are happy to pay it. It's just no a, doubt. quite frankly, sometimes in business you're going to be losing money. And it's up to the owners to just swallow the poison pill at this point and say, all right, we might lose a little bit, but to keep the fans happy, we have to play. And that's what it ultimately comes down to. They couldn't afford not to play based off money. The NHL has already lost so many fans based off
1: deciding to not play because of money before. And as you said before, getting ass in the seats, we need need to focus on concession stand vendors, in arena staff. They all got buried. And that should be the focus, not a, a $5 million contract for a, an NHL player or, you know, owner's money. Let's worry about people who are actually getting deeply affected by this, get them back into a, a job and supporting that, that team in whatever capacity they might be doing, uh, working for the team, as I said, like entering a staff. So that's really should be the primary focus.
0: And I think you touched on something that we were nailing away at on the last podcast that I think is important to readdress. There are so many schematics that need to go into making the season happen. Like so many protocols that need to be in place. So many safety measures to make sure that they can try to limit the spread because it's not really an if it's a, when at this point, we've seen what happens with the NFL this year and all the difficulties that they had a little bit earlier, major league baseball had issues, It's just a question of how the league is going to deal with these issues when they come about. And you need the time to do that, to put the proper procedures in place, to understand what you're going to do when there is an outbreak on a team, how you're going to isolate said players, how you're going to make sure that everybody is safe and you need time to do that. It was so important for them to at least get a start date so they can start working on the real difficult part of this, making sure that the players and people that work with the organization are going to be taken care of when For lack of a better way to put it, the shit hits the fan.
1: And I think the NBA is setting up thirty million that will go back to each team to basically
0: recoup losses, recoup losses,
1: get yes, get you know get people out of the gutter a little bit, back up on their feet. And I think other leagues like the major four should should follow suit. The one thing I would say about that, and I think we touched on this last time as well, is that the NBA
0: does have much more money as a league than the NHL. And the NFL is much more money as a league than the NHL. The NHL is largely gate driven. So without that revenue coming in, I don't think they necessarily have the resources to be just writing off a $30 million check. Some sort of
1: compensation.
0: Yeah. Just something to help out. Yeah. Something just to help out the smaller market teams. So now with this announcement, January 13th, start date.
1: Market uh, circle
0: it the cup favorites are starting to come out on betting websites and your team, the Toronto Maple Leafs opening up at plus 1400 on Bodog that puts them in sixth place. The sixth favorite to win the cup trailing only at the avalanche Knights, Bruins, lightning and flyers. Is that too high B Mac too low or just right?
1: I think it's just right. I don't know what the flyers are doing there, but they had a good run. <laughs>
0: They looked really good in the playoffs. Like when they came back and started playing, they were buzzing around.
1: I think the Flyers can always kind of be in contention. They're such a pain they, in they, the ass. They're, they, they're a pain in the ass, but other teams make clear sense. But that's a that's a good fit for the Leafs. And quite frankly, from the offseason acquisitions, I think the Leafs are going to the conference final.
0: For me, I think it might be a little high. And the reasoning is only because we haven't, won a playoff series as an organization. The Toronto Maple Leafs have not won a playoff series in what since 2016 years, something <laughs> like that. Like it's brutal. So for them to open up as favorites to win the cup, I, although I do like the offseason acquisitions, and I do think they're going to be a more difficult team to play against. And clearly this means that Vegas also favors them as the front runners to win the all Canadian division. I think that they got to show me something in the playoffs before I can even mentioned them in the same breath as the Stanley cup.
1: That's fair too. That's why maybe I kind of doubled down a bit and said conference final, but
0: well, conference final would still be, yeah, that would be them finishing in the top four. So that's still a decent finish. I mean, I I think most Maple Leafs fans would be okay as long as they could get out of the first (laughs) round, to be quite honest.
1: People, even if they make the second round fans, Leaf nation. Leaf nation. Everyone is going to just be so much more relaxed. But it's going to be like Vancouver 2011 all over again if they don't get past the first round. It's just going to be a a, a shit storm. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a complete disaster. Because <laughs> that would be five five straight years. Sorry, because
0: they yeah, didn't make in 2016.
1: 20- be, no. it, this,
0: this would be the fifth straight year because they lost the Capitals uh, and then they lost to the Bruins. The Bruins. And then if you count the series against Columbus which technically wasn't even a playoff series, by the way, then this would be their fifth straight year losing in the first round. That was a qualifying round. They didn't even make the, the Toronto Maple Leafs are not a playoff team. Last season, they were not a playoff team. No, they weren't. That's unacceptable.
1: So yeah, if they don't get past the first round, if it's another early first round playoff exit, look out for the pitchforks, Kenny. Good Lord. If they lose (laughs) to a team like Columbus again, that, that's, that's one thing that still rattles me is they didn't even, they weren't even in the playoffs. That was a qualifying round. A qualifying people always round. refer to it as a first, I was like, Oh yeah, they're in the first round against Columbus. No, they're not. This is a play in round. Yeah. They need to play to get <laughs> into the quarterfinals
0: and a seven game series. I think that might've looked a little bit different uh, with home ice advantage. It might've looked a little bit different. There's like, we can look back on it and ifs could have should have would have's. Yeah. But the, the bottom line is that they got dominated by some hot goaltending and they got dominated by a top defensive pairing that was able to shut down Toronto's top fours in Wierenski and Jones. And that was it.
1: My goodness. My goodness.
0: Yeah, complete disaster. <laughs> Speaking of elite goaltending, 56-game season, I feel like the position that's going to be most affected by the shortened season is going to be the goaltenders. And yes. we've seen so often down the stretch how fatigue can – affect certain net minders who are relied upon. And Frederick Anderson has been one of those net minders over the past several seasons where Toronto hasn't necessarily established themselves into a firm playoff spot, or they're still in contention trying to get that home ice advantage, which is oftentimes the deciding factor in a seven game series. I mean, how often does the home team lose game seven? Not often. And in a 56 game season, this is going to give opportunities for bona fide starters to enter Whatever the playoff structure is going to be, much more well rested. How do you think this affects the Toronto Maple Leaf snapminder?
1: I think it's gonna be really intriguing to to see what Dubis and, and Keith employ here because in a regular 82 game schedule, Anderson was playing 60 plus games. It was ridiculous. And he was just burned out by the time playoffs rolled around. So now that they have a, a bona fide backup in Jack Campbell, I think this is going to serve really well for them. I think they're going to divvy up the, the playing time equally that when they do get to the end of June, because playoffs, I guess, would start in a 56 game reduced schedule. It would start late June, I'm assuming. So you got to think that Campbell's got to get way more starts. And once the Leafs clinch or, or lock in the playoffs, it's going to open up more opportunities for for Campbell and give that rest, that well needed rest for Freddie to perform in the in the first round because that's really where he's had nightmares is in the first round, and he's just burned, he's gassed, he has nothing left.
0: If you look at the goalies who are often finalists for the Vesna Trophy, generally the amount of games played that they hover around is around fifty five because that's sort of the threshold where you can still be elite. You can still get a little bit of rest. Your backup is obviously giving you sustainable opportunity to take the odd night off and you were able to compete at an elite level. Now, Frederick Anderson over the past several seasons, I don't believe he's been really under 60 games outside of last year, which was the shortened year. And he probably would have hit it if it weren't for the acquisition of Jack Campbell, which who would have relieved him a little bit down the stretch, who knows how it would have played out. But at the end of the day, the backup goaltending position has been an issue for the Maple Leafs, really since they got rid of Curtis McElhinney. A well-documented move where Dubas has been dragged through the coals and Garrett Sparks now playing in the ECHL for the Orlando Yikes. Solar Bears. My uh, God. The Pizza Hut transaction. I saw it on Twitter the other day. But this was a guy who they had faith in. It didn't work out. And then they've been scrambling ever since to find a guy who can come in and solidify solidify the backup position behind Anderson. Jack Campbell seems like he can be that guy to me. He looked more than sustainable when he was in net, when we saw him last season. And the most important thing with Campbell is not something that you're going to see really in the analytics, but it seems like he doesn't let in the soft goal in the big moment. Like he'll let in three goals, but then that's it. He's going to shut the door and he'll come up with that big save in the third period when you're down by one to keep it within a one goal game and give your team an opportunity to come back and win. I think that's a compete level. That's something that's sort of just ingrained in your DNA. That's not necessarily quantifiable in the statistics, but it gives the team a chance to win. And that means a lot for the guys in the room.
1: And it bodes well if, you know, the Leafs give up a four spot, Anderson gets pulled, Campbell comes in, and at least you have confidence in your backup to, to say, hey, you know what, at least he can be rock solid. When we need him to be because typically it's like okay we got to send in our backup this is it we're basically we're hanging it up for tonight but because the Leafs have an explosive offense they could easily like that I have brought it up a lot that December next gen game against the Canes before David Ayers came in um, that was later in February but they can easily put up six to eight goals in the blink of an eye so this is going to be a really intriguing season to have finally a, a bona fide backup netminder for the Leafs.
0: Yeah, it'll, it'll be exciting. And let's not be naive here. I don't want to just take the whole Toronto tact the whole way here. This is going to benefit every starting goalie in the league. Yeah, the like Carey Price is going to benefit from this. Connor thinking- Buck in Winnipeg is going to benefit from this. Jakob Markstrom in Calgary is going to benefit from this. Holt being Vancouver. Like, basically, all these elite goalies, particularly in the Canadian division, which we've highlighted, the goaltending is one of the strong suits, they're all going to benefit from the shortened schedule. So it's not just going to be Anderson. Like Andre Vasilevsky, how's he going to look say, if he yeah. only plays 35, 40 games, you know?
1: Vasi. did you see uh, Forbes had three Canadian teams in the top 10 for the most valued franchises?
0: For in the NHL? or In, in the NHL. In... Okay, so it was Can you obvious... guess those three? Yeah, well, it's going to be Toronto, Montreal. Who would be number three? Probably Vancouver.
1: Vancouver was in the top 10, but they were 10. Yeah. So Rangers were one. Yeah. Toronto was two. Montreal yeah. was three. You and can basically Vancouver just go 10. down.
0: Yeah. You can basically just go down the original six. Yeah. Or the top six. As, you know, they just have the biggest fan base, the biggest marketability league wide. Like there's no surprises there. And obviously, Toronto and Montreal, look at their reach. Just across the country, anytime those teams are traveling out West, half the stands are filled with Habs fans or Leafs fans.
1: Hey, we mentioned on the last pod about the the Lou Marsh Award winners. They were announced on Tuesday. We're recording this on Wednesday, December 9th. So I was a little disappointed because we talked about Alfonso Davies and Laurent Duvernay Tardif. LDT, we'll call him. For yes. the rest of the way, let's, that's all. Let's, a a, bit let's abbreviate uh, L-D-T. it. Please, please, <laughs> let's abbreviate it. So, I think it's the most Canadian thing how they have to co-share it. Just give it to one of them. Yeah. I don't think I saw this tweet from I believe it was Caroline Cameron from Sportsnet, and we haven't had two athletes share it since 1983, Rick Hansen and Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. A little tidbit for you for the day. I just don't think it, they should be sharing it
0: okay it's so just
1: very canadian
0: like well first off it was i believe the votes were 18 to 18 to 1 so i want to know who else just got like a miscellaneous vote like who just tossed a vote for somebody else for the number one seed that could have broken the tie because that would have been ultimately what they were looking right. for i think that's usually why you have the odd number because you figure that it's going to shake out there's probably two top candidates and then you know if it comes down to it then there's going to be a tiebreaker right they should have probably just told whoever had the one vote for somebody else just to break the tie
1: exactly why were they just like na like they just were like ah, i'm indifferent
0: yeah i don't like know you can't, they you can't leave like it big, like that maybe there's like a big basketball fan they voted for your guy jermall murray who knows True. the thing about the lou marsh is that it's supposed to be awarded to canada's top athlete and no offense to LDT. I think his story and how he was, you know, Super Bowl champion last year with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then, yes. he leaves to go and help frontline workers and, you know, fight COVID in Quebec. And then, rather than going back to training camp to play with Kansas City, he decides he's going to stay. An amazing, amazing story. And he deserves all the credit in the world for sacrificing himself and, and he did. putting himself on the front line. Fourth yeah. person
1: of the year. Of he course. Did.
0: And he's, he's like, it's an amazing, amazing story. And, Like that's the reason that you love sports when people just put things that are more important for the society in front of it. And it just seems like such a selfless act, but this is supposed to go to Canada's top athletes. The
1: skill. I don't believe
0: that that was LDT. I don't know. And I'm, and I apologize to him. I believe he plays right guard for Kansas city, which is a position. If you don't have it, it can look really, you know, it can look egregious if your line isn't there, but he certainly wouldn't have been in contention. To be Canada's top athlete, I mean the best athlete this year, bar none, was Alfonso Davies. What he Heck was able yeah. to do—how old is he? Twenty years old. He's setting speed records in the Bundesliga, like top speed records, fastest runner. What he's done for Canada soccer to put them on the map—he's the best Canadian soccer player ever, and he's only twenty.
1: I I'm still perplexed. I I really I really think I thought it was wholeheartedly Fonso should gonna have be just a runaway. Took it. Me too. Me too but
0: hey it is what it is and like he'll probably <laughs> have uh, yeah i hate that saying that too it is what it is because it's like kind of like when you get fed like a sandwich full of poo you are just sort of like it is what it is but it is what it is he'll probably have opportunities to win more down the road but i feel like this was an opportunity to give canadian soccer sort of a little bit of publicity and absolutely a, a little bit of positivity how often do we hear about Canadian soccer players or even the MLS teams in Canada, not very often. They generally are on the way back on the back burner. I would argue there's that the CFL is more popular in Canada
1: than most of the MLS teams are. I feel like I feel like you need to to go back and say you need to make a decision between these two. We can't end it in a tie.
0: Yeah. What else can you say about it? World Junior Championship is having serious COVID problems. Like those teams are having serious COVID problems. Have you seen what's going on with Team Sweden?
1: This is a nightmare. Well, it's like their
0: coach, I think, got tested and was positive for COVID. They have four players. Basically, from my understanding, when they were going to the camp, everybody met up in Stockholm, and then they all just got in a bus and like took this long bus ride to wherever the training facility is, which seems like it's not the best idea to put all your players in a tight-knit, situation on one bus cuz if one person has it that's like basically a super spreader but this is what they did they put everybody on the bus they go up to the training facility and now there's going to be a lot of players who are ineligible, ineligible to play i believe anybody who was tested that was the date november 29th i believe yeah november 29th any player that tests positive after that is not eligible to come to the tournament because if they they're going to miss the flight to like fly into canada and then you know, they have to do the two week mandatory quarantine in yep. Canada once it they makes arrive. Sense. So, so they would miss the beginning of the tournament because they wouldn't be able to get into the bubble. So now there's players, there's teams just losing players all over the place. Germany lost a pair of players. Team USA has been very strongly affected in a way. The Canadians might've gotten away with something here, having their COVID outbreak happen so early. And then they just kind of put everybody into quarantine, figured out what was going on and like they haven't had a positive test recently.
1: So they it's not as if it. they're going to
0: miss a ton of players.
1: They attacked it early and they attacked it well. And now they're, they're sitting pretty well and, and healthy. But we talked about Alexi Lafreniere on the last pod that the Rangers choosing not to send him to the world juniors. And you know what? For health reasons as well. Keep him out of it. Keep him out of that bubble. He's your stud. He's your franchise player. It makes more sense. Why would you want to be, you know, susceptible to that?
0: Well, I was also thinking with those guys as well, that, and I didn't mention this on the previous pod, that the quarantine has to be a consideration as well. Like, if you're Lafreniere or Hughes, do you really want to travel to Canada so that you can sit in a hotel room for two weeks so you can play in a tournament that for both of them, they've already it's like been here, done that?
1: no like personally I wouldn't
0: want to do that I'd rather just stay in you know in my new place in Manhattan yeah and just work out with my enjoy
1: enjoy the luxury and libations of the the NHL you know why would you want to take a step back
0: I'm going to take a wild stab here and say that the New York Rangers training facilities and the New York Rangers um, accommodations to their players are going to be a, a little bit nicer than the accommodations available to them at the hotel where the players would be quarantining.
1: That's just a gut feeling. I don't know. I feel like Big Apple training facility for Rangers, Knicks would just be top of the league. Just hanging
0: out at MSG? Oh, yeah. Do like, you think that he's allowed in MSG? Like, even with the quarantine stuff, do you think he could just roll up and just be like, oh, hey, Alexi, like, yeah, come on in. Yeah, come on in, Alexi.
1: Probably. He was really going to say no. If he's got a mask on, I'm sure he's allowed in.
0: Yeah, just doing his thing. All right, let's head to the library bar.
1: Got me sitting at a bar on the inside line, Waiting for my ride on the outside She stole my heart in the trailer park So I jacked the keys to her fucking car And crashed that piece of shit
0: all right, so a couple of players in the league on at the library bar for me this week. And this report was actually a little bit surprising to me given the off-season moves that this team was making to try to bolster their roster. And that's the Vegas Golden Knights. Reports out that both Max Pacioretty and Jonathan Marchessault are both on the trading block. And this just seems... Like a direct correlation for them signing Alex Petrangelo. You knew this was going to put them in a difficult cap position. But I'm surprised that they're trading these players, particularly Patcharetti. After they just signed him to a nice little extension, he had a pretty good campaign last year, I believe 30 plus goals in the shortened season. And offense has been one of the strong suits of this team.
1: I was a little shocked to read that they're trying to ship Patriaretti, considering he's still got a bit of term left on his contract. They signed pretty him to high. that extension. Pretty pretty high AAV with seven mil. There's three years left on that contract. I believe yes, three years going into this season. But again, they're up against the cap crunch right now with with, with getting Petrangelo. Like it's gonna be tight, but I guess you're thinking more that he's stressed, so he's drinking at the library bar.
0: Yeah, there I feel like they're <laughs> they're stressed just because yeah. Like, what, why would they be on the block? Like, if you sign an extension with this team, then the understanding, especially after his performance last year, which I thought he really elevated it from based off his last couple of years in Montreal, the production that he had, I didn't think that this guy was going to be traded at all, not to mention. How did it, I? Like, you figure he's probably going to be an influential voice in the locker room. Anybody who's worn a C for any franchise in the NHL at any particular point of time, that's not a mistake. It's because you're a leader. It's because you have a voice. It's because the franchise, the GM, the head coach, and the players in the room picked you to be their leader. So you have to feel that Pacioretty, wearing the C for so long in Montreal, obviously has a voice in Vegas's room. So wh- where are they training? away? they're going to lo- lose one of the most important players in their leadership group, while also needing to make up you know, 30 goals in production. Maybe you can sign Mike Hoffman for cheap, and maybe that's what they're banking on. I can't believe come in and I give Hoffman them still available.
1: It's crazy. How has no team in the NHL expressed? I'm sure there's been some interest, but who's gonna who's gonna take a stab? Who's gonna blink here?
0: Well, it's just a game of chicken, right? Like I bet you the owners are coming in saying we'll give you like two million bucks for a one-year deal, and Hoffman's <laughs> probably sitting there saying, you know, no. screw off. Yeah. And if he's going to sign a short-term contract at a lower AAV to sort of bet on himself because that's what the market is, then you know, you look at a destination like Vegas, that's probably where I would want to go. So you got to feel like they're going to be a contender perennial contender for the next two or three seasons, especially if they could unload some of these contracts, if they can figure out a way to get out from Marc-Andre Fleury, if there's a team, which I feel like might happen, they might have to wait till, you know, a team sort of gets into a goaltending conundrum once the season starts, but he's on the block. If they can offload that, that's about 7 million bucks in cap space. If they offload patch already, that's another 7 million. All of a sudden, you got 14 million bucks to work with.
1: It'd probably be one of the best markets to play in the league. Obviously, it's Vegas, needs no introduction and no state tax. Well, how many times have we detailed in the past or have pundits detailed in
0: the past how good Vegas's record is at home? Because uh-huh. everybody just rolls in there. How could you play there. bad there? Everybody just rolls in there and just parties. If you're your home team. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If yeah. you're Vegas, like they're just sitting there, they're staying at home, they've seen the casinos, they've done the strip, they've done all that. They the get hospital. it. <laughs> and yeah. They don't care. They're just waiting for these teams to come in. Even like Mike Babcock, when he was the coach in Maple Leafs, was trying to get the team to stay, you know, 30 miles outside of the city. Yeah. Yeah. And they were playing Vegas because he's like, no, he's like, this is, he's like, I can see it on the wall. Everybody rolls in here. They go have a good time. And then they just go out there and just get pummeled by a very competitive <laughs> hockey team.
1: They get bombed 7-2, and they get yeah, bombed the they night got, before. Yeah, because they're doing <laughs> step,
0: getting bombed, doing shots at the MGM Grand the night before the Trump Hotel. Yeah, Bab-
1: Babcock was like, shut it down by 9.30. That's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I feel like Babcock was like my high school coach who the night before games used to be like, everybody has to be in bed by 10 o'clock.
1: Yeah. They would sharp. call... And they would
0: call everybody's house and talk to their (laughs) parents and make sure that they were in bed. And yeah, it was, he needed to do it though. You know how high school hockey players are. They liked to indulge in a few, uh, a few cold ones at the uh, underage party the night before the games. I like, I was at, even at that age, I wasn't really like partying or anything like that, but sometimes I just want to go over to my friend's house and play like Halo Two. I have to tell my parents sure. to, to lie to the coach when he has to talk to me and tell them that he was, I was already asleep. So that oh, they, I couldn't talk to them on the phone and they were down there. Like yeah, you can go to your friend's house. It's Friday night.
1: Yeah. Seriously.
0: Meanwhile, it's like, I'm the third line center. It's like, I'm not going to be seeing big minutes anyways. Yeah. These guys, yeah. You just like to roll. No, you just like to roll his top two lines. Yeah. Hey. But it was, it was shorter periods. I believe the periods at that point in time were like they were 12 or 13 minutes. Maybe like fifteen minutes tops, in high school hockey, so it, you could get away with that. Like yeah. our off-season conditioning was unhinged. Uh, not to get too far off topic, who do you go at the bar?
1: So personal this week, it's gonna be my pops who is actually gonna Todd go to Saint Anne's spa today, which I'm sure there's like some little library bar or bar in that spa. He's gonna but have he a turned, couple of cucumber
0: turns, slices on his eyes. Oh yeah, a, a nice warm towel wrapped around his head.
1: Yeah, my mom's treating him because he turns fifty eight today, December 9th. So happy birthday, pops! We've said this countless times. Just a fanatically fan. He's got. He's got to come on the pod very soon, but uh, he's gonna definitely be having a few pops tonight.
0: <laughs> hey, listen! Happy birthday, Todd. Well deserved. Fifty eight years young. And yeah, we'll get him on the pod some point soon. Maybe we can organize something for a little bit next week, maybe Sunday if uh, you're going back to the house to watch some NFL action. Speaking oh, yeah. of which, the Buffalo Bills, did you see Josh Allen
1: pop off? He went off. He he got a he's got to be in consideration for MVP. Uh I wouldn't I don't know if I go necessarily Is that, that too far. Much? <laughs> I, th- I don't know if I go
0: that far, yeah. I believe uh it's probably a two horse race at this point between Patty Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. I think Russell Wilson's dropped out of the race, and Josh Allen has played phenomenally lately. But I feel like he his numbers early in the season aren't enough to warrant him to be in that conversation. I think we see this a lot of the time too in the NHL, but particularly at the quarterback position in the NFL, teams make adjustments once you've been in league for a little while. So he's not coming off. He's not going to surprise anybody with what he can do and what he can't do. In fact, defensive coordinators. On the other side, have now learned the throws that he has difficulty making and what sort of schemes are have given him trouble through his first year. So it's a constant adjustment.
1: It's kind of weird to think we have a night off from football Wednesday, but Thursday night are back up and running tomorrow. We got your Pats in action against the Rams. That'll be good.
0: Yeah, I don't know about the Rams. Like they were so dominant just a couple of years ago, and I don't know if Jared Goff has just regressed, or like if that if McVeigh's message in the locker room is starting to get a little bit stale, or like what's going on. But just a couple of years ago, they looked unstoppable. They did, and now it's like they're just laying eggs after they lost in the Super Bowl to the to the Pats.
1: That was probably the most disappointing Super Bowl this century. Wasn't it like twelve to three or something?
0: Yeah, it was 13 to 3, I believe. <laughs> three. Yeah, it was Woo! it was a complete stinker. But they haven't recovered from that. It's like ever, ever since then, it's just been a mediocrity for for that team.
1: Oof, I remember watching that at Petty Cash, and I was just like, We had like buckets going, we were like everyone was having a good time. Obviously, pre-COVID, so there was like a hundred plus people in there. And it was just like, where's the highlight? Like there was no highlight. I feel bad for whoever was making the highlight pack that night. Obviously, you just gotta fill it with the halftime show. But other than that, like 12 twelve, yeah. three, sorry, Lots thirteen field goals.
0: Three. Yeah, the field goal yeah. pack. Yeah, yeah, not ideal. All right, buddy, you got anything else on the docket for this week?
1: Probably well, we just gonna continue running up and down the stairs to uh, take care of leg today.
0: At a boy, at a boy. I like to yeah, hear buddy. it. I've been uh, doing a lot yeah, of buddy. stairs at my job, so I feel like uh, my legs are stronger than ever, keeping me in shape, dropping nice. weights. Maybe I can uh, hop into the ring with Mr. Paul.
1: Oh, my God. I feel like we need a separate podcast just for that. That is so ridiculous. Logan Paul and, and Floyd Mayweather going head-to-head in February.
0: Paul is going to get destroyed.
1: He's going to get his ass
0: <laughs> I can't believe that Floyd is even entertaining it, although he's really down for anything that he can make money on. So if he's going <sighs> to a, make a little nice little purse, but... I cannot believe that they're entertaining. Like, were they just gonna tell Floyd before the fight that, you know, just make it last, you know, at least three rounds? Yeah. Like don't don't knock him out in the first round.
1: I it's just so stupid. You know, the 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 Logan Paul hosts a podcast that's called Impulsive. And He's sitting there and he's saying, like, if I get that one punch, I'm like, you're not gonna have a chance. You're going up against Floyd Money Mayweather. He's gonna knock you on your ass.
0: Like Floyd is so stupid. Like Floyd is 43, like well past his prime, but he's one of the best boxers ever. <laughs> he's one of the fastest. He has the best technique. It's I believe he's won half of his so decisions stupid. by knockout. I can't. Like he's just gonna demo this guy. It, it's it's absurd.
1: Uh, his haircut's ridiculous too Logan it's just like I don't know why he's going for that 2007 look where the bangs are just going over your forehead but he looks he looks like a mutt
0: yeah I had that look going on for a while so I can't really Me talk too. but I'm I was I, was, it. I was oh, was bringing ice- it back nobody except Logan yeah even Justin Bieber turned and ran from that thing alright guys thanks everyone for listening to episode 3 of Not Another Lease Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network follow us on Twitter at Ken Stapon at BMcCarthy95 at hockeypodsnets